0: Welcome to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. We look at revitalization in real time, examining the ups and downs of revitalizing and replanting historic and legacy churches throughout New England and the U.S. Now here's your hosts. Welcome back to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast. I am your host, Don McKinnon, and with me today is... And uh yeah, okay, so Natalie's here for a special thing. Um we're we're not doing our normal um
1: I don't,
0: Yeah, not the normal podcast. Um it's it's ironic I guess I don't know if ironic is the word I want to use, but The thing is this, that um, three years ago, uh, most of you, if you've been around listening to the Practical Church Revitalization Podcast for that long, you'll know that Eric and I, um, we had gone down to the uh, Replant Summit, and while we were there, um, Andrew Stockland... A pastor in California had committed suicide, and Eric and I did a raw podcast at that time. Um, To say the least, I would say uh, I think it was close to two hours, um, because there was a lot on Eric's mind and my mind with Mm -hmm. not just pastors but uh, being veterans. Um, We know of the. No, he was not a veteran, oh. but it was just, you know, for Eric, Eric's got this uh, heart for veterans, mm-hmm. as we know. Yep. I mean, I have a heart for veterans, but Eric's doing a lot of stuff to raise money for um, right. veteran suicide awareness. Yep. And uh, he's on vacation, um, so I, I'm, sure, I'm sure if he had the opportunity and the wherewithal to have internet access in Maine, um, which is where I think he went, <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, you know, he would, he would be here um, with uh, Zoom talking right. to Natalie and I, right. but uh, he's not. So we are um, working this thing out, yeah. and uh, the reason why I bring that up is we did that podcast, we talked about it, we talked about how this is something that we don't talk about, Within 18 months of Stockland, there was Darren Patrick and Jared Wilson with an I. And um, then in the last, I think, 13 months, we've had three or four uh, pastors. And um, Natalie...
1: Well, so it's kind of, it is ironic, because just yesterday, so I started a... I've done a lot of writing, a lot of blogging, and just yesterday I uh, wrote in my blog, which is a blog for pastors' wives, and the topic that I had done was mental health and depression among pastors' wives and how they deal dealt, deal with it. And I shared some of my story of what I went through. And then uh, today we found some out some tragic news.
0: Yeah. So I'm while well, Natalie's been talking I'm trying to make some adjustments, but uh, I've done a du- dual screen now on my uh, on my uh, computer here so I've got this up and um, we found out today uh, that uh, a pastor's wife tragically took her life. Okay yeah, in California. Um, I think her name
1: was
0: Paige. Paige Hilkin. And um, it's not a unknown church. Uh, this is uh, this happened at North Coast Church where um, many of you know who Larry Osborne is. Um, and uh, so she was the twenty eight year old um, wife mother. yeah, wife, wife and, and mother, mother of
1: Five kids under six years old.
0: Yes, and uh, so this is this is something. This is um, <laughs> yeah. And
1: it's, it hits close to home on a personal note. It it's just we've been such an act trying to advocate for mental health issues, especially within the churches. Yeah. And you hear about all these pastors that have taken their life and succumbed to the depression and the mental health issues. And, and then the pressures on top of that. And I'm sure there's been other pastors' wives, but this is, like, the first one
0: that I've heard about. Yeah, and that's the thing. For me, too, that's that's the thing. This is the first one I've heard of. Um, I'm... I'm, Man, I, I don't know. It, it, it really is this thing. Um, you know, in, in a revitalization... Yeah. Uh, we look at it we come we talk about it we talk about kind of being in this um, this bubble where we can let uh, all sorts of things you know pastors wives they tend to keep to themselves it's not and I don't think it's so much that they're not trying to have friends but um, you know it, it really comes down to this thing of it's struggling to to make connections right you know and even even for pastors it can get that way uh, itself
1: and like you were saying earlier when we were in the Cod we first read about this is that pastors wives tend to deflate sometimes some of the stuff no, yeah
0: they, they deflect. Deflect. Um,
1: deflect yeah that stuff that go you know someone's complaining or you know has an issue with the pastor so instead of going to the pastor
0: about it, they go to the pastor's wife. Right. So they're hearing a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, they hear the stuff your husband's a jerk, um, your husband's an idiot, your husband's.
1: He's not being a good leader. Or, yeah, know, this, like this church terms. is
0: failing because.
1: Everything from A to Z, you know. It's
0: and we don't think about how that reflects onto the wife. You know, we can think about it with with all the stress and all the stuff that comes on a pastor because they're trying to lead the church the best that they can the way God has gifted them. And we've talked about it on this um, podcast before that that's the danger for some pastors getting involved in some conferences where, you know, you hear the stuff, the, the, the... Classic stuff of if you can't get your church to this level right. by this amount of time, you're a failure. And we look at the pastors, but we don't think about their wives and the stresses that they're under. Right. Because our people are just, you know, we, we've created a culture. I hate to say it yes. this way, but we've created a culture within the church. Um, I shared this, this picture um, where... It shows a cruise ship.
1: I saw that one.
0: Yeah, and uh, I shared this on my personal um, Facebook and uh, Instagram page. But it shows a cruise ship, and it says, The church is not a cruise ship where a handful of people serve everyone else who is relaxing. And then the bottom picture is a battleship, and it says, No, the church is a battleship where it's all hands on deck and everyone serves the mission and it it and we have created a culture of the cruise ship um, people want a specific style of music mm-hmm. people want specific stuff and it's
1: and I think too along those lines of the culture is if a pastor doesn't feel called to go to a pastor's conference he might think oh my wife is handling everything fine you know But what is she handling behind closed doors that she's not expressing to him or to anyone else sometimes for that matter? Right. You know, so to put himself, to be available, to check in and say, you know, how are you doing today? You know, so-and-so came to you with an issue. How are you holding up? Instead of just not just assume that they have everything together.
0: Yeah, and and that is the thing right now. It's um, it's just really, you know, we, we hear of how this culture that we have has made it where we're not supposed to be as transplant parent. We're not supposed to be um, showing signs of weakness, uh, and that's the thing. It's it's like we have couples in ministry. That are suffering and cannot be honest, and, and to the most part, they feel like they can't even be honest in with their churches. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this. Um, so in the article, um, uh, Larry Osborne went before North Coast to uh, speak to them about um, Paige's death, and. Um, you know, it, it is that thing where we hear this and we uh, we know, uh, he he says it beautifully, you know, yeah. he, he says it the way I would, yeah. where we live in a broken world it, it, it's understanding that you know, Abraham, uh, Abraham Adam, our father sinned brought sin into the world and we are children of sin and this isn't saying that page sinned committing suicide right. um he understands one thing I, I love about this is he understands that there are chemical imbalances in the disease. brain it's a
1: disease just like any other disease
0: and and we hear this you know we, we hear this all the time um Natalie uh has dealt with mental illness yep. and um, Very severely. and we would hear it from people that she didn't have enough faith um she, she needed to have an exorcism, all sorts of stuff. And we need to understand that that's not, you know, there is chemical imbalances because we are not the perfect humans that God originally intended. Sin has uh, decayed and deformed the, the way that God wanted us to be. And so while we have... Freedom in Christ, and we have freedom, you know, in you know, away from that sinful life. We still are going to suffer and still go through the effects of Adam's sin in this life.
1: And the other thing too is, a lot of times when someone's dealing with that severe mental health issues, they're not even thinking clearly. You know, so they can be the strongest Christian, the strongest believer. But their mental health, you know, they just cannot rationalize and think clearly. Mm -hmm. Like, what are the, you know, what would, you know, knowing that how they're feeling at that moment is not going to be how they're feeling in a couple hours or a couple weeks. Right. Because they can't see the big picture because they're so, they're so overwhelmed.
0: Yep. And so here's the, um, here's what I'm going to read here from Larry Osborne. Um now in the in the article um they discuss how um she went to one of the top uh places in the nation for for mental health uh one of the best clinics he says that deals with what she was going through but sadly it wasn't enough and uh he talks about it he says the sudden onslaught of mental and emotional pain that she was battling um, is what happened. The whole sense of fear and compulsiveness had just kind of taken her over and we were praying for her and we were counseling for her. We were doing everything we could. And then he goes on to say, uh, we got s- stellar outstanding pastors that are part of our uh, your ministry and guiding your ministry and we encourage you to turn to them. So, he knows that the the, the church is gonna have to deal with this and um, you know uh, the the thing I the thing I gotta say here is he he becomes very transparent Um, uh, you know he talks about it that uh, tragically Paige lost her battle with her mental health diagnosis taking her life while in a world-class mental health facility in Arizona and then In his sermon, he talks about uh, being a Christian doesn't make us immune from the brokenness of this world, it doesn't make us immune from the brokenness and backwash of being caught in someone else's sin, and it doesn't make us immune from our own sin or our own brokenness. It's part of this world. Being a Christian does uh, does, does make us immune from the eternal consequences of our sins. But in this period of time not so much that's why jesus had to die for our sins and that's why each and every one of us is eventually going to die none of us were born a pure and holy slate before the lord and none of us can ever create for ourselves to that particular point in this life and then he goes in talking about his own battles with when
1: mental anxiety. yeah Yep.
0: so you know, and, th- and th- this is a voice. He's a leading voice on many yeah, subjects.
1: It's uh, so good to hear a, le- you know, a well-known pastor that has that, uh, you know, I can't think of a word.
0: Uh, that stage. Yeah,
1: you know, that, to, that voice, that stage, to be able to so transparently and openly speak about mental health within the church in such a way That's not in a condemning way because I've heard so many pastors they either deal They either don't deal with it at all and they just kind of shove it under the rug and pretend it doesn't exist or They almost condemn the person, you know, you have some kind of hidden sin You know, you have little faith you need to go re-examine your heart And you know a person that's dealing with depression mental health. They're already feeling a lot of shame Because of this inner this struggle Yeah, you know. So to portray it, to reflect that on to her, or to any person that deals with that, that's just wrong for any pastor to do that. And and so to hear him speak in such a beautiful way about it, um, I think is really going to hopefully change the you know the conversations going forward about this.
0: Right, and and, you know, here's here's the other thing. You know, when we think about this and we think about the tragedies over the last, you know, three years, um, you know, like I said, there are names there. You know, I have books by Darren Patrick in my office. I have, um, you know, and it's like you sit there and you're, you're in shock. You know, like I'm looking, I'm looking right there. I can see a book by Darren Patrick, um, Replant, um,
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. you know, uh, it's like I'm sitting here and I'm looking at that, and you know, that's a good book. It helped me um, begin this journey we're on now. And I think about it, you know. I, I mean, I hear it from some people. I've heard it from some people this week. You know, why aren't we growing? You know, what's going on with us? You know, is it you, Pastor? It's it's different things that we need to you know understand that. You know, it, 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 it's, it's like this, that, um, you know, in the military, here, here's the thing, in the military, everybody's got their own back. You know, you, you can sit here, you know, Eric and I have, have lovingly battled each other, um, jokingly,
1: yeah.
0: on, on, on the podcast, because he's Navy, I'm Army. And that's the thing. We do that. But on the battlefield, we have each other's back. And, and too many times within the church, this goes to the, back to that that meme with the cruise ship. Right. Nobody, nobody has their back. Nobody wants to have the pastors back. Nobody wants to have um, the worship leaders back. Nobody wants to have the the youth pastors back. And the other thing
1: too, like I was saying to you in the car, is you know everyone might think the pastor's wife has lots of friends, and sometimes that might be true but in a lot of cases, it's not. No. You know, I've heard of pastors that tell their wives they cannot have friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, you've never done anything like that. You know, like, I mean, yes, I have friends in the church. I have have friends outside the church. I have pastor's wives, many of them, that I go to, you know, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or, you know, I talk to you, but then if I want it, if I need that womanly advice from a veteran pastor's wife, then I just need to kind of pour my heart out. Mm -hmm. You know, but I keep coming back to, you know, how pastors need encouragement, but pastors' wives need just as much encouragement. You know, this is what I said in my blog, is, you know, you hear people say a pastor's wife's job, her main job, is to encourage the pastor above anything else yeah so all the more so I'm not saying more so than the pastor but she has such an important job because above being the children's director or the women's ministry her job is to support her husband in the calling that he does you know they didn't hire the pastor's wife they hired the pastor
0: it's right. a team
1: yes that is and some pastors wives take more of a front seat and others take more of kind of a back seat and neither one is wrong yeah both of them are good you know it it depends on you know what does the couple have young children you know is she working outside the home
0: and that's the thing we're we're sitting here and we're we're you know we're we're talking about this in, in such a way and i mean yeah we we know it we we've heard of pastors who have told their wives we know some pastors who have told their wives you cannot have a friend in the church because it's 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 bad you know it's there are these things that we've had and I think this is the thing we we have not quite worked out it's like we have uh, some old style stuff we have some stuff that has been around since the boomers you know, the boomers and maybe the uh, greatest generation uh, were leading the church, uh, some of whom may still be in the church right. and still have an influence of what goes on. And then we see the, the younger generations coming into the church and, you know, they're, they're wrestling with stuff. There's stuff that they need the mentoring of from the older veteran pastors. But if those pastors are unwilling to... Uh, be a friend. Like, I, I think that's the big thing that we have. We have people who are mentors, who sit there and, you know, they're gonna they're gonna tell you, hey, yeah, this is what you need to do. You know, you need to change this and swap out that. But if they're not sitting there, willing to go out have coffee with you, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, I love some of the guys that I've had. You know, there are some guys that I'm not as close to because they're back on the east coast of, of the state and you know I'm about ready to lose one of them uh, you know I'm going to a ball game next Saturday with one uh, before he moves down south but that's the thing we need to have as pastors is we need to have those people that it's not just business as usual Right. it's you know or how super, are you doing as a husband how are you doing as a father
1: like, you know like really you know dig deep and be willing to be
0: transparent with one another and that's what pastor's wives need you know pastor's wives need to have people who are you know women who know what it's like know what it's like to to have kids while trying to be a pastor living in the fishbowl. Um, so let me ask you what would your advice be to a pastor
1: whose wife my, from your
0: my advice, so oh, I hate this chair. My advice would be um, first off, I think you've got to ask yourself should you be continuing in your ministry? Because it could be something in your wife's mental health that your first ministry is to your family, and so you need to uh, really take the time maybe a month or two months and um, just let the elders run the church uh, as they are called to do and just step down uh, you know on a family leave for that time and just be there for her um, and, and find out what's best for her and you know if if she needs more time you might have to make the tough decision and um, resign from that church. And, you know, maybe find a a job somewhere um, that's going to allow you time to take care of your wife. Because, you know, mental, mental, um, depending on it, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. There are uh, two types of depression. There's a chemical imbalance, which we call bipolar disorder. And then um, there is uh, like,
1: like circumstantial,
0: seasonal... I mean, it's
1: not... I, I think every situation has to be evaluated. because Just right. because someone's dealing with depression, they could, you know, they might just have lost a parent, mm-hmm. um, a child. I right. mean, uh, you know, there might be any... All kinds of things that could make someone depressed. And some of those... It, it doesn't always mean that I feel the pastor would have to step down, you know. Um... But yes, I think there are also other times that because a husband's first ministry is through his wife and family, that's when he needs to be in deep prayer, asking the Lord, you know, what is best for my wife. You know, it's God, my wife, and my kids, the church. Yep. You know.
0: So I mean, that's and, and that's the thing. I think I think we need to to be sitting here and. Um, really trying our, our hardest
1: I, mean, I think it's just it's such a it's a topic that is so needed to be discussed in general in our culture the 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 taboo that surrounds you know not wanting to talk about it needs to disappear right you know and then within the church it needs to be talked about i mean it's just you hear so many people saying well because someone is depressed they don't have a close relationship with God or something and that's not
0: it at all and that's what you saw on Facebook was that attack from the I don't know how to say it but it was that group where oh hey you know, she, uh, she's not going to get a demon, uh, demon cast out of her in, in the facility, was yeah, basically what was is, said.
1: You know, those kind of things, you know, like I said to you earlier, is that someone that deals with bipolar depression, any kind of depression, chemical depression, not all depression is, either, is uh, bipolar either, they're just clinical depression, Yep. Um, but coming from someone who's dealt with it for years, You know, was in the hospital, was on meds, I've done I've been down that road. Right. You know, so speaking from experience, you know, you deal with shame. You deal with internal shame that you put on yourself. So anybody else that says something, you internalize that. Right. You know? So, you know, yes, like when we read in the article that this happened while she was in a You know one of the top notch facilities you know that's that's disturbing that it happened in the hospital right you know but she probably felt ashamed and was scared to maybe say something to her husband you know or she's thinking in her head what are people going to say about me if I get out so now she was already feeling depressed because she's dealing with the depression
0: then right. she goes
1: into the hospital, which she realized she needed help. So she was trying to get the help that she needed. Yep. And the hospital failed her.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, and it's heartbreaking. I, I, I'm just, I mean, her family, her husband, her kids, the church, those poor kids.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that nobody's really, I think, I think that's the thing a lot of people do not think about. In this is, um, <clears throat> I don't know if I, I, I have the article here still. Uh, I don't think they give the names of the children, but she had you you know this how she many
1: had five kids under the six
0: yeah. So you know I'm sure there's a couple of twins there because that the you know I, I I'm just but you know. Uh, so this is this is why we did this podcast because it's. It, yeah and i think we we sit here and it's easy for us to um point the blame on certain people um we live in a very cynical age i am a part of some groups on facebook where i see cynicism rise to uh, a whole new level right um you know and you see it you know and I hate to say it, but cynicism is one of the rotten fruits of the Spirit. You know, when you, yeah. when you read Galatians uh, 5, uh, I forget if it's 5 or 6, but um, when you're reading the fruits of the Spirit, uh, Paul writes the nine fruits of the Spirit, but before that there's 15 rotten fruits, if you will, that you know, we want to toss out of the refrigerator and you know among them it's like envy um you know i can't i can't even think of all of them right now but these are ones that we don't want and yet we allow those in the church and we allow those to run while we're on facebook and we allow those to run while we're on twitter and Mm -hmm. you know social media and then we forget that a lot of people a lot of our non-christian friends know they're gonna feel for this woman you know let's be honest you know I I hear from certain people they'll say oh well we can't say that they're good people well we're not saying that those people are good if they're away from God what we're saying is that um, people more you know understand morals because uh, we are all created in the image of God so I, I think that part of our understanding of the image of God is understanding that no matter what a person knows the, di- right, the difference between right and wrong, good and evil. And that's the thing, you know, people look at this, we look at what goes on and we see where people, you know, like I'm looking at it now, I just pulled it up, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, emanating, um, you know, we look at that, emanating, yeah. um, uh, jealousy, strife. You know, that's what we see on social media. And a lot of that gets into a pastor and his wife's head if they're on social media. I know pastors who do not have a social media presence because they know that if they did, it's going to take them down a pathway that they don't want to go. Yeah. And, you know, these are the things that we have to make decisions of, you know. You
1: know, I I, I think you know, to you as a pastor, you know, encouraging pastors to, you know, I'm trying to think how to word it, pastors go to these times of encouragement, whether it's a cohort, a prayer time, a pastor's breakfast, not not on a how-to conference or a how-to thing, but Having those godly men in their lives that are gonna speak into their heart, mm-hmm. edify them, encourage them, because then they're more likely to turn around to their wife and say, Honey, you're dealing with a lot. Reach out to so and so, the associate pastor's wife, or you know, your friend who's a pastor's wife. Reach out to them. You know, yeah. because we've seen so many pastors take their life, and now we hear of this pastor's wife, a young pastor's wife. Who had five beautiful young children under six years old. You know, and for whatever reason, you know, she was trying to get help, but she felt she just got overwhelmed. You know, wh- whether that was expectations or the, just the pressure in itself of ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's why, like, even something as small as. You know, Encouraging the pastor's wives. If you know that there are pastor's wives out there that you're friends with that are dealing with something Reach out to them, you know, write a letter of encouragement to them That's why I started the pod the blog for mm-hmm. Pastors Wives because it has been so heavy on my heart for a couple of years now for pastors wives Yeah, I think part of that is because you know, I, I've dealt with depression and mental health issues but now Four years I've been you know past pastor's wife, and I see the ups and the downs and the pressures and the times that I feel overwhelmed But I have those people I have God that I turn to first, but I have those other godly wives in my life that I can turn to And yep. I'm not holding it in Because I think we got to get rid of this idea that we feel it like we need to be perfect because we're not right You know, I've had times where I've told them, I can't counsel you today because I have to take care of my own mental health. I'm gonna spend time in prayer, I'm gonna be in the scriptures, me and my husband are gonna go out for a date, unless it's a life or death emergency, please do not call me. You have to put those boundaries. You have to take care of yourself. (coughs) You have to be willing to, you know let those walls come down to a certain degree you know I'm not saying bare your heart and soul to everybody but yep. you have to be willing to be transparent
0: yep and that's the thing and, and so many people um, do not understand what it's like to be um, you know a part of, of one of these you know it, it's just I'm trying to think. Like, I'm trying to think of putting it into words because, uh, you know, I've seen it, you know, since I've become pastor here. I see uh, friends, family. Oh, I understand what... No, you don't. You know, I I, I appreciate it, but I'm almost ready to do the Southern thing and say, bless your heart, because, um, you know, you just don't understand the pressure that exists. You know, you don't understand what it's like trying to figure out if you're doing something wrong um you know you're trying to figure out why you have families coming and leaving and and not staying all sorts of things that we feel is you know pressure in a revitalization Mm -hmm. um and then you look at these stories and, and yeah we have to we we do need encouragement it's like i think i think of uh, one one pastor i know of he's he's told me point blank you know i don't want to be a part of any more uh conferences or um cohorts or anything else because he feels like every time it's it's the abc's as he calls it of church right. Uh, growth, which is you know, how what's your attendance, what's your building project, and how much cash is coming in to your church.
1: But all these pastors need at times is encouragement.
0: Mm-hmm. At
1: times, it's just someone to pray with them and listen to them.
0: And that's the thing we we've gotten away from that, you know, uh, and that's why I'm doing I'm I'm uh, so you know for, for our audience, um, if you're local, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a uh, link in the uh, description to the pastor's dinner that um, my church uh, my my leadership team here and i are hosting for pastors um so i'm going to give a little thing right here for it um we have uh, a great guy he came originally he uh, his name is lierte Sores junior uh you can call him junior Uh, Lierte is an awesome brother in Christ. I love this guy. Uh, I got to see him preach a few years ago. He is from Brazil. He originally was uh, commissioned by NAM to come up here as a missionary to plant a church. Uh, He got accepted uh, basically taking over a a small town church in in a town of 644 people in uh, North Springfield, Vermont. And um, at the same time, he was trying to plant a, a multicultural church in Framingham, Massachusetts. And that church took off in 2014, I believe, or 2017. I can't remember the, the thing. And he uh, had both churches going at the same time. He travels still today 240 miles round trip several times a week Wow. Um, because his heart is for both these areas. Uh, His church plant, and they ended up getting asked to merge with another church. Uh, So that church is Framingham Baptist Church. So if you look up both churches, Framingham Baptist Church and Precision Valley Baptist Church, and you look it up and you look up the pastor, you're going to see the same guy. Um, And, you know, this is his heart. And he's had a heart himself. Uh, As I was getting this together, I was told, hey, contact him. It's been on his heart for a while to do something similar. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we need to do. We need to have this. This dinner is not going to be a thing of, hey pastor, this is what you've got to do to grow your church. This is a thing to encourage you to feed your soul and to encourage you, pick you up by the bootstraps and keep going forward in your mission and ministry that you have to your church doesn't matter if you have five people or 500 people. We all need that encouragement time to time. And that's what Junior is going to bring. So, and then on top of that, uh, earlier in the day, so that's going to be September 25th, and the pastor's dinner is going to be from 5 to 8. But earlier in the day, from 10 to 2, oh, you don't want me to tell that? (laughs) <laughs> then what are you getting at? No, I thought
1: you would have mentioned about your elder.
0: Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so And then um, Warren White, who's my elder, he's going to be giving his testimony. He
1: has 35 years of Yeah, ministry as an elder in his church.
0: Yeah, so he's going to be here, and he's uh, going to speak at that time. But, um, yeah, that's what I, was, I, I thought you were pointing this is why we need a whiteboard over there so you can psh, 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 and show. But um, you know, that's the thing. That's, that's when you go without a script. You know, we're just talking and off the cusp on this. But um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have that link. I'm also gonna link the um, story of the pastor's wife um, in the in the story. Yeah. Uh, this is I think Christian Post. Yeah, yeah the Christian, Christian Post that ran it. Yeah. So um, we're going to include that in the show notes. Um, yeah. There isn't much to the show notes this week because, again, this is uh, kind of yeah, off the cusp. Uh, we came in. We knew we had to record something. We were going to wait until tomorrow morning and then just it upload it in the, in the afternoon. We
1: came across the story and we were both like, we have to, we have to do a podcast about this. Yeah, it hits, so. It it's way too
0: close to home. So I think that's it. I, th- I think we can't. Really um, go on too much more with this, yeah, so I just
1: think it needs to be an ongoing conversation about mental health within the church.
0: Yeah, and I think I think we do I think we do need to see this. Um, I I know I know that we're not the only one doing a pastors dinner. I think I think we do need to do pastors encouragement dinners. That's that's what really I would like
1: to see. And i mentioned it to you before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm in agreement. The possibility about doing a pastors and pastors' wife's encouragement. Right. Where they could bring their spouses, and uh, you know, it would just be also a good time to kind of break into little groups and talk to other pastors and pastors' wives and everything. Yep. So, something that we're praying about. <laughs>
0: yeah, something we're praying about. So, um, anyway, if you're in the New England area, if you're a New England pastor and you're listening to this, you know, know that, but um, in the in the show notes is going to be a link to um, register for the for the pastors' dinner. Uh, under under pain of death by a marine uh, named Warren White I've added 20 seats mm-hmm. so
1: also uh, my blog is natalie mckinnon
0: at .com at blogger right no it's dot com. You,
1: you got you got yeah. your own domain yeah. so um, it's called from my heart to yours check it out it's just a blog to encourage all of you pastors' wives out
0: there. We'll have a link. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
1: because we're all in the trenches together. And uh, for me, you know, if anyone needs, any pastor's life needs to reach out, I'm more than happy to encourage you and communicate with you through email or through Facebook.
0: Alright, so with that, I think we are done. So uh, I am Don McKinnon, pastor of Legacy Church in beautiful sutton massachusetts with my beautiful wife natalie and we will say or we are seeing you later talking praying for you and uh, god bless all right bye-bye